KZSU Stanford. It's four o'clock. And that means we are officially live here on KZSU 90.1 FM. My name is Jacob Nidig, joined live in studio with my co-host, Zach Safran. And we have a special guest here in what is, you know, really one of the most special weeks of the year. Football season in full swing, the World Series getting ready to begin, and now the NBA season has officially kicked off. So we brought in a little bit of extra help just to make sure that we cover everything today. Zach, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest here on the show today? Happy Wednesday, folks. Uh, as Jacob mentioned, in the studio, KZSU's very own Holden Wen. You may have heard him in the broadcast booth during our live games, an avid soccer fan, baseball fan, whatever it is. We're about to learn a whole lot more. Holden, why don't you go ahead and uh, share a little bit about yourself? Hi, everybody. Um, I'm, like, so nervous right now. Like, I'm never nervous before, like, oh. A little closer. Oh, yeah, 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 my bad. I'm, like, never, like, nervous before, like, calling a game. I feel like that's just, like, you're just saying what's happening, but now I'm just, like, saying thoughts that are in my brain. <laughs> so I'm super excited to be here. Um, I, yeah, I called a couple of games. Might catch me during the basketball season. I just convinced one of my CS professors to hop on a game with me. No way. So we'll see how that goes. Um, super excited to be here. Really big fan of all sports. Really excited to talk to you, Zach. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Out of all the sports, you know, Stanford, famous for having 36 varsity sports, second to only Ohio State. There's a lot to choose from. Maybe there's another sport that we don't even have that you're a big fan of. If you had to name, I don't know, top top three sports you're a fan of, you know best, what might those be? Oh, man, that's tough. I feel like um, definitely it's so dependent on when your team is good, right? Like, totally. if you asked me, like, five years ago if I was a 49ers fan, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a 49ers fan. And I'm like, yeah, I'm watching the games, but I'm not, like... My happiness is no longer invested in what the 49ers really? are doing. I feel like they're doing well, though. Well, now's like a good time to be a 49ers <laughs> well, right fan. Right now, absolutely. So it's like super easy to say that I'm a fan, right? But like, right, right. But like, I, it's so it like it, it's one of those things where I don't know. I was like, I was listening to a podcast and someone was talking. They're a Patriots fan. They're talking about like, mm. when do I stop caring? I feel like five years ago, is I stopped caring. And then Once like, Mac Jones starts, that's when. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And now, like three years later, um, two dumpster fire seasons, and Ugh. now you're they're so good, like. Mm. It's so easy to root for them, but I'd say basketball. I feel like basketball is just—it's mm-hmm. a very like crisp sport. Like it's just—it's just so satisfying. It's like a chef's kiss when you watch <laughs> it. Um, and then I'll probably say baseball. Mm-hmm. I love baseball. Mm-hmm. I feel like baseball is like the Lacroix of sports. <laughs> what is an H- Yeah, I definitely need an, an explanation for that. <laughs> like, if you didn't grow up like drinking sparkling water, you have no reason to drink sparkling water, you know, like, mm. unless, unless you, like, mm-hmm. live in Europe, but, like, you grow up drinking sparkling water, right? Mm. And so it's not until someone, like, actively forces you to drink sparkling water that you're like, you know what, I kind of get it. I, I kind of like it. Like, nobody drinks LaCroix for the first time and go, I'm going to be addicted to this. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that is, that's a, honestly, I agree I with that, that because... <laughs> If I'm drinking, you know, something more fun, you know, the like a Shirley Temple or a Gatorade, that's kind of like an NFL game. You don't have very many of those, Shirley, but Shirley Temple NFL, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, some sort of fun drink that you you know you don't have very frequently. You could have a Lacroix every day, just like there's baseball on for what six, seven, eight, not I don't even know how many months of the year because there's 162 games. So, you know, I, I honestly I I can buy into this. Uh, metaphor here jake gets it (laughs) um question for you because you know baseball football basketball you grew up in the bay area right i did uh this may be a very obvious uh 
answer, but it, who's your team? Is it going to be the Giants, the A's, soon to depart, maybe? Um, I... I feel like I am a Giants fan. Like, mm-hmm. I actively root for the Giants. I watch more games, but I feel like next year I'm going to be an A's fan. So once they leave the Bay Area yeah, is what you're saying. I, I just feel bad for them. Like, <laughs> like, I feel bad for the city of Oakland. I feel bad for everybody. Like, what was it? Like, that place, like, the Oakland Coliseum is just an absolutely terrible place to play professional baseball. Like, what was it? Like... The A's broadcasting team couldn't even call games there for like a week because they couldn't get an exterminator to come in there and get rid of a oh. possum that was living in like <laughs> That's crazy. the call booth. Like what? So it's just like it's how could you how, like you have to feel so bad for them. Like as a Giants fan, you're just like you're, you're just like yeah, the A's will be fine, but now the A's are not fun. I feel like I'll go support them. I'll go watch a game. Like um, so grew up a Giants fan though. Okay. okay. Got spoiled with what? Three World Series in five years. Yeah. Followed immediately after a year later with what? What would begin three NBA finals in five years? Mm-hmm. And then four in what? Seven? Four and seven, yeah. So I don't know. I'm waiting for the 49ers Ooh. to win something. Hot take. <laughs> I don't think Kyle Shanahan's the guy who's going to do it. Wow. But. I don't know if I've heard that before. I don't. I, I'll second that one too. I, I, we have a great guest on. We might need to have a new co-host here. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Jacob, we we have some energy over here. But another place in the Bay, obviously Stanford, and and we are KZSU, KZSU Stanford. So a whole lot to talk about. Ups and downs, for sure. You know, we have been spoiled. I, I also, for those of you listening that don't know, am a Bay Area local. Um, spoiled by the Niners, Sharks, Giants, Warriors, whatever it may be. Warriors being the team currently tied for last in the NBA, oh, folks. Oh, oh, and one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now we're in a good company with the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. Um, spoiled with some good Stanford teams. However, as of late, that has not been the case for you. Because you're not too far from campus growing up, but although, of course, I know you spent some time down in San Diego, did you ever catch, you know, Andrew Luck, Christian McCaffrey, Bryce Love down here? You want to hear something crazy? I do. I hated Stanford. Wow! <laughs> so my dad's a Cal fan, oh, and so, like, oh, by terrible. transitive property, I have to be a Cal fan. And I think, what was it, we took a sports writing class with John Evans. Shout out to John. Best professor ever. Truly. And what... John said is like it's better if your team just is terrible. Like life is <laughs> better is if your team is terrible because eventually when they do win something it feels good. And I like I think it like counteracts the fact that like I supported the Giants and I still do and I like love the Warriors because like there's nothing quite like in this world coming in and be like this is the year they're finally going to go to a bowl game. <laughs> and then they win 3 games and you're like this team's terrible. And then they have the first overall pick and Jared Goff is he a great NFL quarterback? No. Was he a good college quarterback? Yeah, he's the first overall pick for a reason, you know? Like, he's not a bum. And, like, the highest they could go was winning eight games, and they couldn't beat Stanford. So, like, I would just hate Stanford because, like, it was the same program, but they were actually good. Like, <laughs> like there was no way you're allowed to have Andrew Luck, and then two years later you get Christian McCaffrey, and then immediately after that you have Bryce Love, who also should have won the Heisman. Like, second that, second yeah, back that. Yeah, back-to-back-to-back. Like, that was so unfair. And so now we find ourselves in a perpetual hole where neither of the Bay Area teams are good. And that's screwing us out of the Big Ten. And, like, Oof. what are... I don't know. No, now we're going to go in and dominate the ACC, though, collectively. Now we to play Clemson. <laughs> yeah. Now we to play Clemson. <laughs> so now with Stanford football, obviously, like you said, um, not, not in the best spot. Uh-huh. What, what, have you th- what have you seen these last few years especially? Because, like you said... You're just hoping for a three, three, four <laughs> win season at this point, right? I feel like, 
it's so interesting because like in college sports I feel like coaching matters the most like you don't need to be a good recruiter Mm -hmm. to win games like look at Utah right like they don't they just don't quit like they don't (laughs) care like like USC's number five in the country so it's literally their attitude and they win games and it's like so unfair to watch because I don't think that like Utah's players are even better than Stanford so like the last four years have been so interesting because I think what they caught lightning in a bottle. At least David Shaw did. I think Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. Okay, he okay. might be cheating and stealing signs, which I also don't think is. Cheating. <laughs> we can talk about that. That was uh, <laughs> that is a headline right now. But he he's a great coach, and then David Shaw, I'm sure, was a great assistant. That's why he got the job. But I think the magic ran out because he caught lightning in a bottle, and then he caught lightning in a bottle twice. And like you're not going to catch it a third time unless you're actually a good coach. <laughs> and I'm not saying that he's a terrible coach. I'm just saying that I don't think. I think Stanford is such a hard job that how could you possibly, like, justify, like, selling a kid who could go to, like, Bama and live in an $85 million facility (laughs) for him to say, hey, why don't you come here where the best thing we can offer you is, like, a couple extra avocados that Ariaga Family Dining Commons doesn't have. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, it, it, it is tough. And so I guess that begs the question, then, what are your early thoughts on Coach Taylor now? Like, Lightning in a bottle, lightning in a bottle. Where where do you go from Harbaugh Shaw to now Taylor? What are your, what are we seeing now from him? Dude, honest opinion, I feel like Troy Taylor is the stop filler until Andrew Luck becomes the head coach. Whoa! Like, like what else? Like, is going, Luck just across the street of Pally getting ready for yeah, the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's he doing? Coach? JV quarterbacks is <laughs> is the stepping stone uh, to Stanford head coach. But like, what is he doing over there? And then, like, on top of that, why is he getting his master's in education? Like, like, does he want to be a high school teacher? Does he want to be a college professor? It's reported that he wants to go back to Texas and be a high school football coach in Texas. Huh. That's the gotcha. the long term goal for him. But things can change. Maybe the medium term goal, Stanford. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah. JV quarterback, Stanford, and then Texas high school football. All right. <laughs> What I feel like what those high school football stadiums fill more kids than yeah. <laughs> yeah. honestly I don't know if it's really that much of a step yeah. probably pay people to come there too more than uh, we oh. pay any of our people at NIL <laughs> no honestly well, so I don't think that it's like over you know it's the first season I, I what he also has a four star quarterback coming in um, next year with the modern day kid it's not mm-hmm. Dante Moore he's at UCLA but um, here I'm looking it up as we speak right now <laughs> Um, Elijah Brown. So he's going to have the quarterback that he wants. And I don't think that, like, Ashton Daniels coming in was like, yes, this is the person we're going to run mm-hmm. this entire system off of. Um, well, is, it, is, it, is it Justin Lampson, you could argue? Because we Taylor has shown us a lot of him. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like this season is like he has to survive this season. Mm-hmm. And I'm shocked that he even won two games. Like, I really, really? thought we were only going to beat Hawaii and Sacramento State. So, yeah, I thought we were going to be at two games wins. But, like, what? Like anytime you bring in, like, a new offensive system that's completely different from your old offensive system, mm-hmm. not only do all of your old offensive players with skill all leave in the transfer portal, but, right. like, also your defensive players don't really want to stay because they stayed for the other head coach and not for you. So, like... Mm-hmm. It was going to be impossible to institute a new system that takes a long time to learn. And on top of that, all of your talent is gone. So you're really just stuck with who were the backups last year. Not to like discredit them. Like, I can never <laughs> play like college football. I'm like three feet tall. But you're, you're stuck with these players. Oh, you're out there on the D-line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you're stuck with them. And you're, you're also like have to juggle like an entirely new program. That's too hard. So I feel like next year he's going to have his quarterback. Mm. EJ Smith is talented. Like he wouldn't have been four stars coming out of high school. He might be a little bit older than everybody else, but like 
he, like that talent hasn't disappeared. He just was behind Austin Jones. And who was the starting running back last year? Was Nate Pete. Oh yeah, yeah and, Daniel and then yeah. Casey Filkins. Well, EJ Smith got hurt last year, right? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a different, like an anomaly. But yeah, so I, I feel like the talent is there. Mm-hmm. The question is like, is he that good of a coach? Because like I don't, I don't want to discredit like the FCS. I think like the FCS is like real, but I like <laughs> just managing, does not managing, <laughs> managing a Power Five program is completely different than managing like an FCS program. Like yes, the football is like in the end what matters, but like the off the field distractions, like and like. Like ensuring that like like you're gonna have to have a new rapport with the new school president, which is something that like a lot of people don't really think about. But I feel like that is so important to have. Like, like who was it? Someone was explaining like the structure of every American university that has a good football team, and it's the the, the college football coach, then the university president, and then everything else. Like, <laughs> like you don't even hear athletic director in there. It's like he has to establish a relationship that's good, and then like in turn, like the school has to support him. You know, I don't think. The school did a very good job of supporting David Shaw at the end. I mean, like, they said, like, in a sense of, like, getting all of, like, the students out there. Because, like, Stanford is never going to be Auburn, right? Stanford's never going to have kids going to, like, what, Auburn's, what, three and four now? And I was watching the game on Saturday night, and I'm like, how is everybody here? Everybody and their mother is at this game and this tailgate. But, like, Stanford, there isn't really that much encouragement for us to go to games. You know, like, there isn't, like, that, like, undying school spirit that, like, sits and is, like, like comes from the top and is like like love love do you love think it's ever been there i feel like it had to have been like when they were good you know because it's super easy to yeah. support your team like like nobody cared about the warriors in 2013 you know mm. even when they beat the nuggets in that crazy what <laughs> opening round of the playoffs and then they got just got well they even put up a fight against the spurs like who eventually won that year like nobody cared mm. about them at all like if i said steph curry people would be like who? <laughs> like, who's Mr. that? Mr. Shattered Ankles at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mr. Shattered Ankles. I'm more about David Lee. Is what <laughs> yeah, our all-star. Our <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if they even knew who he was. And, like, it was... But, like, it, was, it wasn't until... And then we lost to the Clippers. Then nobody cared. And then all of a sudden, we started winning all of these games. And, like, I, like, remember that season because I was like, how have we won, like, 12 games in a row? Yeah. Like, so consistently. And then, like, it felt like they never lost. And then they won 67 games. And then everybody seemed to be a fan. Mm-hmm. And then they won... And then everybody was there for 73 and 9, and then we lost, and then nobody cared about the Warriors, and then KD came, and then everyone was like, okay, yeah, this is my team. Like, it took, <laughs> it took what? A championship and one of the greatest players in NBA history to sign with a team for people in the Bay Area to really care about the Warriors? Like, you and I, and, like, a lot of, like, the diehard fans, of course we cared about the Warriors through mm-hmm. all that time, right? Like, my favorite player was Darrell Wright. He was not good at basketball. <laughs> like, he was fine. <laughs> he was not, whoa, that's who I want to be when I grow up good. And so I don't think, I think Stanford was the same. Like, it was so easy to root for, like, Stanford because Christian McCaffrey was so good. And so people would naturally just come to the games because, like, mm-hmm. you know what's better than watching a football game? Watching your team win a football game. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it, it it's an easy sell. But I don't think that, like, like, sh- like the culture, like, I think the culture was more or less... The same, I think it was just like the premises of like the argument were different. So the we're, recipe to get turnout is winning. Yeah, you got to win games. But I, 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 like you said, like there is that difference. Like Auburn, they're three and four. They're still getting that fan section out. That is obviously a critique here. You know, I was there. Everyone left at halftime. Okay, yeah. um, guilty. I was guilty of that. <laughs> oh, oh my! <laughs> too, if we're being honest, yeah, I was guilty of that. Um, is there anything you can do just by nature of? the student body here the culture around it i think i think something that i don't know that like you you hear a lot about 
in like the old Stanford, like like 2010, 2012, mm-hmm. that like I was reading about, is it seems like there wasn't a barrier between like like I know football players, but like I don't like they don't like I feel like it's so much easier to root for like, but I feel like I'm like an exception because like working here, you like meet people right. who introduce you to right. other athletes, but I think as a whole, um, it's making like breaking down that barrier because like people want to like experience like what like I think football games are such a like fundamental part of like an American college 100% like like, if not I would have gone to like somewhere on like to like an Ivy where I wouldn't have to care about like any sports and I would just they they do have football they're not good but they they do have football yeah I really wanted us to join the Ivy League just so we would (laughs) clap them at football we can win every year yeah I think it's like my proposal would be why not have like a really fun like I guess like spirit rallies where like not necessarily where you could get like the personalities of like the team mm-hmm. because I don't think like I hate the argument when people say they don't like athletes because they don't talk to them like then go talk to them like go do your job go do your part of it you know but I think it's super easy to like support the Warriors when you know how nice Steph Curry is and how cool he is you know it's really easy to support like the 49ers when you know the story of Brock Purdy you know but like I feel like I don't really know the story of Ashton Daniels more than it's like he was the quarterback at big game last year when he would run the ball sometimes, <laughs> you know? Um, I don't really know the story of, like, Troy Taylor. I don't really know the story of, like, anything about the program. And I think people want something to root for. So if you're not going to necessarily root for wins, you should root for people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, like, the football team is lacking stories of, like, people that are interesting that would get, like, average fans who, like, not even average fans, like, just the student body excited, you know? Like, I think... They're, they're people. They're interested in things. Like, they care about things, and they, they do things other than mm-hmm. just play football. But, like, we could just support each other if we just saw what they were up to and, like, what they were doing and, like, what would be interesting. So, like, I don't know. How would I fix this problem? <laughs> I'm not the head football coach. Unfortunately, they're not paying me to do it. But, like, I think, like, establishing excitement behind, like, mm-hmm. the people on the team rather than, like, we, football. We are at a very unique time, yeah. not only in college sports but in all sports, where we do see – media attention and coverage yeah. yield greater excitement. I mean, I'm thinking of Formula One, right? That Netflix series has exponentially grown the sports uh, fan base, really. Across college sports, NIL is a real opportunity where I think that a lot of colleges and athletes and programs are taking advantage of that. And perhaps that is why Stanford finds itself in the position it is now, because as we've discussed on the show before, and I'm sure Holden is aware, it is almost non-existent on this campus unfortunately and and as we see it begets a lack of interest yeah honestly like i think it's the same thing like we wouldn't we don't even have to be a football or a basketball school Mm -hmm. you know like we are so good at baseball but again like i don't think baseball generates enough interest until we're like okay yeah and we are inevitably gonna go to the college world series this year yeah so everybody come to those games when we're playing texas Mm -hmm. um but i think I don't know. I think it's just so easy. Like, it's just life is better when you have pride in something, yeah. you know? And yeah. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, we don't do that well. What are you saying, Jacob? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's obviously a recipe at so many schools for how to drive that engagement. I mean, mm-hmm. at the University of Texas and like many other SEC schools, they have a pep rally on the Friday before the games where the whole team is there. The head coach gives a little speech. I mean, that we you could easily do that. On the oval, you throw up some speakers, you give out, you know, there's a few food trucks. It, it would be so easy. You have one player, you know, give 
a three-minute speech before every home game. Easy way to show some personality, get to meet them. It would probably bring the community in, too. People could bring their families and stuff. But I definitely think that there's so many things you could do to drive kind of that community engagement side because I I agree. I mean, other than, you know, following them on social media, like I I have zero clue the stories of of so many of the players. And Mm -hmm. I think that's especially – uh, true this year because we had so many you know new starters and people leave but that stuff wasn't happening even whenever you know Elijah Higgins had been here for four years and, and you knew some of his personality or you taken a class with with Walker Little or, or with or Walter Rouse or any of those guys like you it's happenstance rather than intentional programming done by the athletic department I agree I I don't know I feel like also I don't know how much I'm about to like speak about anything else outside of like, but like it would just be a fun way to like institute like just like traditions that are just mm-hmm. like fun. Like you would know like the weekend before the USC game, like this is what happens. Like I think that's just that's just part of like like why is big game the only game that we like do things for? You know, like I feel mm-hmm. like yeah, we go all out for big game, but like if we even put like fifty percent into of what we put into big game into like every other game, yeah. I feel like we would turnout would be so much better. People would care. Like people would be like, you know what? I'm gonna go watch Ashton Daniels today. Like I'm gonna get. Yeah, let's go see what. Let's yeah. let's go see. Let's see you go see the boy. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think there's also just like infinite things you could do. You could have an event like a midnight event at the stadium before the first home yeah. game. You could do a, a locker room tour for students. That uh, yeah, it would take a little bit of effort, but yeah. having some connection with with people where they're like, okay, yeah, before USC, we go to the stadium at midnight and do like some sort of rally before the game against. Utah, we get to go see the locker room, uh, and like the players are there to sign autographs or whatever. It, it seems like you could very easily institute stuff where you're interacting with the players more, and yeah, forming some sort of tradition and getting to know players on a on a personal level. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Somebody get Bernard Muir on the phone. Yeah. I mean, this is like the most productive <laughs> brainstorm I've ever heard about yeah. athletics. <laughs> yeah. So the juncture we're at now, like you said, two and five. Yeah. Um, a brutal, and I mean brutal, loss against UCLA uh, last weekend during homecoming. We've now lost 18 of our last 20 conference games. Um, and where where we have Washington coming to home, uh, who some people had as the number one team in the country just a week ago. Obviously kind of a, a rough outing they had last week. Came away victorious, though. They're number five in the country. And this is the final home game of the quarter where students will be here. And I don't think anyone on campus knows that. Of course, I, I, I should say, big game, start of uh, Thanksgiving week, Notre Dame at the end. People will inevitably be gone. We'll, but big game, of course, will have some pretty good turnout. Um, with Washington on the docket, all right, let me take a step back. How, how do we feel about that UCLA game? We were, we were talking last week about riding the high of Colorado. Um, and despite the outsized projections of losses Jacob and I had last week, they managed to uh, widen that gap even more. <laughs> I, I was literally telling my girlfriend after they beat Colorado, I was like, now they have to beat UCLA. <laughs> like, that, like, if they lose to UCLA, then it's just like, it's not even going to be like a, oh, we lost. It's like, well, of course this happened, you know? And I yeah. think, if I, what was it? I, I was watching the game, and I just, like, it was such an ugly loss. Mm. Like, it, what was it? I made a joke. Like, the quarterback for UCLA, they didn't start Dante Moore. They started Ethan Garbers, right? And mm-hmm. I was, like, telling my friend, I was like, 
he was like he's like he's looking like Josh Allen out there and I was like you're giving Josh Allen too much credit. This is Josh <laughs> Allen's junior's junior <laughs> like like this is the grandson of Josh Allen like he is not anything that Josh Allen is and he's just running all over us yeah. and I think I don't know I do I think Colorado is that good no I mean they've given up more points than most teams in FBS now like mm-hmm. like we put up 46 on them <laughs> you know like I'm not saying that that like like Coach Prime is a bum, definitely not. Like he knows what he's doing. But if you look at the scores, like he gave up thirty-five points to Colorado State. Like Colorado State is not that good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. We we keep on getting lit up, but I don't. I don't think that like that win. I think that win was fun and it was really good for us because Colorado was in the national spotlight. But like, I think a lot of people like mixed up why most team when like you're a school like Washington is in the national conversation is because they're the fifth best team in the country. It's because they have the Heisman Trophy winner on their team, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, Coach Prime is the national conversation because he's taking this bummy 1-11 team and he's not only bringing in, like, Travis Hunter and his son is good at football and his other son is also good at football and he's just completely rehauled the program, however you want to talk about it. Like, some people don't really like how he, like, just kicked everybody off but like he did what he had to do and he has results to show for it Mm -hmm. and like that's why he's in the national spotlight so yeah we got a win on a national spotlight stage but it wasn't because like the other team was good it was because like the other team had like the best marketing scheme ever it's like it's not like it's like if we accidentally beat like pepsi you know like (laughs) Like Pepsi's good. Pepsi's like a nationally the like drink about analogy. Drink. I know the drink analogies continue. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's not like we beat Coke because Coke is number one. We beat Pepsi, which is like fine. But it's not like uh, that might oh, be. Oh. I, I think we might. That might be disrespectful to Pepsi to be call, comparing them Colorado to Pepsi. I think we have an avid Coke fan over here. Yeah, okay. Coca-Cola fan. Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that might be fair, but I would never put like Colorado as like the level of like like smart and Walmart Walmart whatever coke you know or walmart yeah. walmart coca cola yeah, walmart. walmart brand yeah walmart off brand, brand. yeah off off brand, brand cola. you know like yeah yeah signature select so are we gonna be washington this weekend i would be so surprised if we did. <laughs> yeah i don't think that is definitely not a crazy take i think <laughs> the game against ucla i think kind of what holden was talking about is the way like it's one thing to lose by 35 but it's another thing whenever it feels like 70 at halftime yeah. uh like you look at the first few drives that ucla had 11-play drive for a touchdown, 60-yard touchdown drive. They went on an 11-play drive and missed a field goal, 15-play drive for a touchdown. That was 97 yards, and then it's 21-0 right there. They've driven the driven the field all four of their first possessions. And meanwhile, what we've done is three-and-out punt, three-and-out punt. We actually got a few first downs, so good job for us. Still punted. On, on try punt. number three, right? Yeah. <laughs> punt, punt, punt. We punt every drive. And so I think there's like... Something about the way that it happens to, um, I mean, they had 282 rushing yards, not passing yards, which isn't terrible, but over 200 rushing yards. Meanwhile, we had 24, 24 rushing yards on 17 attempts. That's, it's a horrendous to watch, much less try to win. Um, we had 10 penalties for over 100 yards, two turnovers. We went one for 11 on third down. There are things that you have to do to win, and there are things that make the game interesting, and we failed to do both of those against UCLA. Yeah, no, literally. I, it just didn't feel like a fun game to watch. You know, like, I feel like everybody... It, it was really fun because it was homecoming, and it was just, like, really cool to see alumni come and be like, oh, I'm supporting the team. Especially after, like, something happened. Like, the snowball has just started rolling. Mm-hmm. And then we can't even get anything. Like, we can't... 
it just looks like we're outclassed in every single like facet of the football game. We can't run, we can't throw, like, and they're just running all over us. Like, I don't think that like I think Chip Kelly is kind of over the hill. Like, yeah, UCLA is number twenty three, but like I don't think that he is so far removed from being Chip Kelly, the man who like made the Oregon Ducks, the Oregon Ducks. You know, mm-hmm. he's just like. He's just like eh, he kind of looks like he's just kind of looks like a dude on the sideline now. Getting paid five point six million dollars, but yeah, yeah so literally. <laughs> but like, I don't, I, and I don't think that like UCLA's results have really showed for it. And I don't think UCLA is like maybe like ten years ago. Wow, I can't believe it's been like ten years when like Josh Rosen was the quarterback. UCLA was like fighting for USC to be like the top of the Southern Division, right? Mm-hmm. UCLA is not close to that. Like, if you listed like the best teams in like the Southern Division. Honestly, you'd have trouble, like, like you'd be USC, Utah, Utah now, USC, and then what? Honestly, ASU has, like, is what, the best 1-7 team in the country, 1-5 They just gave Washington a fight, did they not? Yeah, they did. They give everybody a fight. And so, like, I don't think they're a bunch of bums. Like, honestly, I think if they played UCLA right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat UCLA. Um, Arizona's not terrible. Like, I don't think that UCLA's that great of a program. I just think that, like, we are so far behind, and I'm not... Saying that, like, oh, I, I was talking to an alum during summer, um, and he was like, you are so, like, bearish on, on the football team. And I'm like, just this season, though, and I feel like it's not going to get – it's, it, it's going to get worse before it gets better, and I think this is the worst. You know, like, we, we just got outclassed, and, like, eventually we will be on the same class, but, like, we'll also be playing, like, Virginia, you know? <laughs> like, 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 Virginia is not a football school. I mean, like, we might get outclassed in basketball, but – yeah, you, you say it'll get worse before it gets better. Yeah. How long until it gets better? And and what does that even look like? Are we talking about a six-win season? We're talking about an eight-win season? That, that's been topic conversation before. I'm an avid believer. Year three for Troy Taylor is the year. Where we win how many games? What did I say? I think eight? He, he said Nine. eight. The number was eight. Because yeah. that was my exact question is what does success look like and when does that come? He said, I think... Or reasonably expect eight wins in uh, in year three. Without that lightning in a bottle, I just don't think we return to those ten win seasons that you we have seen. You know, yeah. I, I I kind of agree. I don't. I, here's what I would say: We're not winning another game this season. Wow, I don't think we're winning another. Brutal. game. I'm like looking at this Washington. No, Wazoo, dude, Wazoo's good. Wazoo ain't a bunch of bums. They're good. Oregon. I, I, I State. think we have a Cal fan talking over no, here. I know that's what I'm saying. Uh, there's Cal something fan? called big game where we throw out the records and we just go to work. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But also, I feel like like the last two big game results that I've seen. Uh, yeah. It just doesn't, and I don't think that we're playing with the confidence that is necessary to like. To even beat our rivals right now, mm-hmm. like I don't, I think, what was it? A couple of years ago, when Coastal Carolina was somehow like a top fifteen program, like remember when UCF was good and then they magically beat LSU and then they declared themselves national champions, which they, in my mind, yeah, yeah absolutely, they were undefeated that year, <laughs> honestly. And so, like, remember when that happened and we were like, cool. Like, I don't think that UCF team was like that good. Like, like that UCF team. If they played Utah right now, or, like, if they played Washington, let's say they played Washington, the number five team in the country, they'd probably get, like, run off the field. But, like, I think they were playing with this level of confidence against, like, who, Joe Burrow? Where they're like, dude, we've won 12 games. Who are you, LSU? Like, I don't (laughs) care. Watch me hit Joe Burrow as hard as I can. And, like, I think, like, confidence in, like, everything that you've done before, Mm -hmm. it really does add up. But I think, and I think it's, like, also, what is the worst part about it is if we've lost... To UCLA, let's say it was a 24-21 game, and it came down to like 
maybe the second to last drive they scored a touchdown. We had a drive, and then we got like two first downs, and then three and out. Mm-hmm. And we were like, okay, what was, what was our play call on that that three and out? <laughs> You'd run, run, run. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Just, I needed to visualize and see. Okay, that, I, I'm, like, like, I'm let's with say, us. Like, let's say like EJ has like 100 yards that game, so he's having a good game. Finally like, being and used, we, and we lose that game. That doesn't hurt your confidence because you're like, okay, they're number 23 team in the country. Like, we're fine. So like, moral victories. We, are yeah, real we've thing. learned. We've learned that we can beat Colorado. We can beat UCLA. Then our mindset going into Washington is, well, we're not terrible. We're not bad. But I think that like subconsciously, when you win a big game that like does a lot emotionally right like I feel like the program was like at a high on that and then you just immediately rip it away with like a really ugly loss that's that, that's gotta kill your confidence like I at least like even from a fan's perspective like you're watching that like it, it's it's so interesting like watching the baseball like 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 the championship series you watch the Phillies go up 2-0 and you're like this series is over like this feels terrible but like if you piece it to like at a time 2-1 2-2 like Every single, like, it adds on top of each other. Like, 2-1 doesn't sound nearly as bad as, like, 2-0. Mm-hmm. You know, like, 2-1 just is, like, it could go so many ways. You could literally say, oh, well, we won game one, we lost game two, and then we won game three. That's a close series. But yeah. No, it's about proving that you can do it almost. Yeah. Uh, so now, let, let's distill it down, though. When is the lease up for Troy Taylor where he has to cash in a certain number of wins? In order to stay on and win, how many wins is that? We've heard. We'll win four games next season. So, four games in year two, and then year three. Six or seven. And is that enough to get him? I feel like that's kind of a a pivotal time. Are you giving him a year four after that? Or what would. Like, what is the expectation? It depends on where you're at with the ACC, too. Because if the ACC is objectively terrible, like, let's say Clemson and Florida go, what Florida State go, what they want, they leave to the SEC. Who are you competing with in football? Like I mean, everyone's joking around like that, Duke, like Duke UNC, is, yeah, man. that Duke is a football school. Like, <laughs> like what? Austin Riley's gonna leave, and then um, Drake May will, and be and then gone. Drake May is gonna definitely gonna be gone because he's gonna be a what? A first rounder next year? Like Mac Brown is old. Whoa, whoa, no <laughs> Mac Brown slander on the slow. We oh. like, like, like I'm not saying that to say that he's a bad coach, but like he's got to retire at some point, you know. And I wouldn't be surprised that like if the Drake May project ends, right? He gets him there, and he probably takes UNC to like a. Well, UNC is doing really well this yeah, year. Yeah, they, they're probably winning ten games. Yeah, honestly. and he like, why not just like sunset the career now, right? Why? Why? He like, wants a ring. Mac <laughs> wants a ring before he's going out. <laughs> well, either way though, okay, let's say six wins and you finish fourth in the ACC. In, with six wins? Yeah. Is that enough to finish with? Or we'll say okay, you finish eighth in the ACC. I don't know. We'll, well, we, you finish middle of the pack, right? Yeah, and you you, you let's say all seven wins. You win your bowl game as well. You get six right. qualified and win your bowl. Are you bringing? Is that so is that a successful year? Seven and six. That's depends who you ask. I think Stanford fans, we might have been spoiled. If you deliver a bowl victory to this campus, I'm sorry. You let me let me sign an extension in double digit years. <laughs> I think I think we've been spoiled because like, what is our definition of success? You know, because I feel like the the casuals will go and be like, well, when David Shaw was here, he won us the Rose Bowl twice. So like, I. I think the question is, who's the president, and like how 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 much does the president care about football? If the president cares about football, he's staying for a long time. But if the president is like, mm, maybe they'll give him one more year because what he has a four year contract, doesn't he? They'll give him his. I think, fourth I think year. there's an, might be an option after year three. Also, the buyout clause. I feel like I yeah, think they not, kept it pretty pretty low. Yeah, I don't think it's worth even buying him out. It's worth seeing where he goes. I, it also depends on his recruiting class too. Like we haven't really seen him recruit. I mean, he did really good getting. 
get, what, getting oh, his, his his own quarterback. We yet. were up to the number nine recruiting class in the country. However, just yesterday we lost a four star Bay Area linebacker. He decommitted. He's the fourth decommit uh, in recent months, and now we're the twenty sixth recruiting class dropped all the way from nine to 26 i mean 26 i mean yeah that's that's tough because that means that the performance on the field is now greatly influencing our class yeah but i mean we're also two and five on the year (laughs) i i'm quite impressed that we're even our recruiting class is ranked uh i mean that that's probably what top three or four in the current pac 12 i know things are getting shaken up but to me that's a win like you can very easily win seven to nine games with a recruiting class that is top thirty in the country. I mean, yeah, I think twenty six is pretty like it's surprisingly good. I I say you they probably keep him for year four, and then year four is like make or break. Like you'll be a hot seat year four, even though he had a successful season before. Not because even because like we're a southern school and we like care about results. Like what was it? Auburn's gone through like three coaches in the last like five years, right? It's not even because of that. I think it's just gonna be like, do we? Are we like like do we care enough to like make that change? And I don't think they would care enough to make that change. But like contract ending, and you already have like an inevitable like negotiation. You're gonna it's gonna be brought up. And I don't I don't know. But like it also depends on what like Bernard is thinking. You know, like everybody would have thought that Coach Haas would be gone for basketball last year. Like I was like I would have bet so much money on that. Does does that does that kind of segue us into Stanford basketball? Which is yeah, now twelve days away. Because uh, if you listen to this show, we were all over the place last season. On, <laughs> I think I don't we're know. all over the place this year, too. <laughs> I've got us making it into the Sweet 16 this year. Oh, so. my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hass, wait, wait, how do you stand on, on his performance yet to go to the NCAA tournament? Dude, I, no disrespect, but like it amazes me that he's still here. Like, I don't... I don't know if he's a good coach or not. I, everyone, everyone around him says he is highest praise possible. I I don't know what Kool Aid he puts in the water jugs, but like yeah. it's definitely some hosserade or something but like you that. You gotta win some games, like even like when Zaire Williams was on the team, like we didn't even make the tournament. Like again, it was like a COVID year, but like we were like I don't know, like everybody I know says that he's such a good coach. So, like, it's... I, I and recruiter. Him, but he's... But I think his shine is, like, where he is a recruiter. You know? Like, I feel like if he was a great... Like, I feel like there are, like, basketball coaches out there who aren't good, like, recruiters, but they're very smart basketball coaches. Like, take the St. Mary's coach. You know? Mm. Like, that guy probably cannot recruit very well. That's why he, like, has never made the leap to, like, Power 5, Power 5. But Randy Bennett. Yeah, Randy Bennett. But he takes his team to the NCAA tournament, what, every year? pretty much against like Santa Clara and Santa Clara has what has had two NBA like prospects and Santa Clara has only been once and like like what they had Brandon Podjemski and they had Jalen Williams Williams, and they're so good but I recruiting and then X's and O's I don't know if he has that great of X's and O's to the point where we're like oh here we are in the NCAA tournament this is a normal occurrence like if you told me like you blind listed the school Mm. and I was like imagine a roster with a five star and multiple four stars and they all stay. Returning, yeah, returning leading scorer as well, too. Yeah, they all stay, right? And you blindfolded me. And I was like, so we are, like, the U of Miami? Like, so <laughs> the, it's the U of Miami? Like, no. And then, like, I'd be like, yeah. I, you would be like, yeah, this team is making the Sweet 16. But, like, then if you add, like, the element, oh, this is Stanford, I'm like, ah! 
<laughs> not even making the NIT now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, are we winning 14 games? Who's to say? Um, so I guess, I don't know. Like, I want to be, like, bullish on him. Like, I want to believe in him. But, like, nothing has shown me any reason to. Like, here's the thing. Even if we did make the tournament, right? Like, I do think we have a solid chance at making the tournament. Like, if we... If we don't make the tournament this year, I don't see a re- well, world where he stays. But, like, if we do make the tournament, it is such a different coaching job coaching, like, an NCAA team in the tournament versus out of it. Like, when you're coaching to get there versus when you're in it, like, how do you tell your players or, like, build enough, like, confidence in, like, the play calling, like, like, like or, or setting up action so that they feel comfortable into the game? Because what? You're playing now from... If it's Maples, you're playing in front of, like, 600 people. <laughs> and then you go to, I don't know, like, like Madison Square Garden, and you're playing, well, yeah. we would probably be, like, a 12 seed. I could, I don't see us being, like, a 5 or a 4. And we're playing, like, the U. I don't know how <laughs> who you, we're like... we're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who we're supposed to be. I don't know how you, like, convince, like, the team to, like, like, like settle all of the nerves in an effic- mm-hmm. effective way, because... Even when we have small test cases, like, the Pac-12 tournament is definitely not the NCAA tournament. No. But, what was it, his first two years? He couldn't even beat Cal. <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah. he couldn't beat Cal. And, like, this year he couldn't win. And I don't I don't think it's any, like, I have nothing against the man. You know, I'm not Skip Bayless, <laughs> anti-LeBron man. I, like, I'm not, I don't, I, I think, I'm sure Coach Haas is a nice guy. I just don't. I don't see how he stays. Like, I don't see how we have a successful season because I've never seen one under him. Yeah, and I think Pac-12 basketball is going to be really, really good this year. You've got, uh, interestingly enough, eight returning all-conference performers, four of which were all-defensive team. Um, They have the most transfers in any Power 5 program, 37, and 17 of those were all-conference at their previous program. We have nine top 50 signees, which is the most of any conference in the country. Six of them were uh, McDonald's All-Americans. So, yeah, you've got some people, you've got some teams that really restacked. Pac-12 Freshman of the Year is returning to UCLA. Arizona upgraded and added some transfers. They're currently predicted to win. Bronny James. I mean, USC is just going to have I feel like some sort of year this year. Um, the Pac-12 basketball is going to be high quality, and, and right now the national riders do not think Stanford fits well, and so that we're predicted eighth out of twelve to finish this year. Like even if you like look at it, like just strictly from coaching, if we all had like the same players, everybody was the same. You just carbon copied 12, 15 Zach Zafrins, right? Because Zach can hoop. Like I, and he can play football. Huge win last night. That's correct. Had to had to make up. It was the the uh, common thread here is Jacob has been there when, yeah. when we do not lose. So like who? Like let's see what. Okay, you have Arizona. Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd's a better coach than like Jared Haas. Right. Moving on. Catching and, straight. Andy Enfield better. Um, who's the Colorado coach? But what Mick Cronin? You can say is better. Dana Altman. You can say is better. Bobby Hurley. You can say is better. You could honestly say. Probably that Wayne Tinkle at Oregon State. Oregon State doesn't have any players anymore. Like, they all just got deleted off the face of the earth after they made it to the Elite Eight. But I think he's a pretty good coach. So I don't... It's it's going to be interesting because we do have the talent, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, do we have enough? Because I think... Here's what I think. I don't think... I think your talent, like, ultimately dictates what your final record is going to be. But your coaching determines how every game turns out. Interesting. Um, In that, I think... When it really comes down to it, do you know what you're playing and like do you know what you're seeing and can you adjust with what you have well? 
Um, and I think, like, over the long run, like, the more talent you have, of course you're going to win more games. So I don't think we're going to lose more than, like, I don't think we're going to win, like, I don't think we're going to win less than 14 games. I think we'll win about 15, 15 or 16. Which would be a losing record, Which would be a lo- right? It would be, yeah, we'd... And no NCAA tournament? Yeah, but, like, I... Because, what, Harrison Ingram coming out and Zaire Williams, like, both of them came into the program. And I don't... We haven't... We've always had talent. We've never had... Never had a lack of talent, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Oscar De Silva was good. <laughs> like, 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 we've had hoopers. We just haven't ever put it together. And a lot of hope is coming out of this year. But I don't know, like, what's going to happen. Because... Honestly, the Pac-12 kind of looks like, like I hate to say it, but like it's kind of like it looks like the ACC, especially with UNC not being that good. Yeah. Like I would say that we're a competitive basketball conference on the level of like the ACC. Yeah. Like what Arizona is your Duke because Duke's going to be yeah. pretty good this year. USC is going to be pretty good. UCLA this year. is going to be good this year. Yeah. I've, I've heard, I don't know about UCLA. A whole lot of freshmen coming in, a whole lot of talent leaving. Obviously, McCronin is a phenomenal coach, a storied program there, but. I, I think UCLA is going to have a down year for sure. But what's a down year to UCLA standards, right? A down year like is a, a 12 great seed? year for Stanford, you know? <laughs> I would take a UCLA down year and sign sign Haas to a 10-year contract. Honestly. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like our school is itching for, one of, like, for, for a really good basketball season. Mm-hmm. And I would love if we had, like, I think it would be so, per- it would be perfect. Yeah. Be, like, it would be, like, nobody would care about anything that happened in the fa- past. Like, Everybody was too focused on Fire David Shaw to look at the basketball program last season. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is it. His seat is hotter than ever. Wow. Like it's 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 do or die. And like, is the Stoyakovic boy going to be any good? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? But like, they the, ultimately is like, is he going to have open shots? Mm. And is he going to be able to like be the five star recruit? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about talent. Obviously, like you said, Spencer Jones, our leading scorer, returning. Stojakovic and Kanan Carlisle, two five-stars coming in. Mm-hmm. And then also transferred in Jared Bynum is going to give us some Sneaky guard leadership. Sneaky good minutes totally. from Jared Bynum. 100%. Yeah. Who are you looking to if we're going to go ahead and get those 15 wins and close to a 500 yet still a losing season? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think That's so low. 15 <laughs> wins is crazy. 20 is like 20 is like... 20 is what I want. Like, 20 is, like, actively, like, I wouldn't, I don't, seems like I wouldn't lot, bet though, on 20, does. but I would trust, like, I would, I would have faith in 20. Really? I would have faith in 20, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bank on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, I don't know, we're, we're definitely not the Pistons of college basketball, you know? We're not, like, like. <laughs> what, what, what beverage? beverage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I couldn't even tell you. Like, like, I feel like we're right now ginger ale. Like, ginger ale. Oh, ooh, ooh. I love. I like ginger ale, especially on an airplane, too. Like, I like ginger ale. I'm not disappointed. Like, I don't think, but I don't think that, like, if you, like, collectively took every single drink in the world. Like, ginger ale, like, is great. And it has the talent to do well. <laughs> and, like, if you were, like, are we making, like, using it for a mixed drink? Or are we using it for, like, the sake of just drinking ginger ale? You know? Like, you wouldn't put it that high. And so, like, I think, like, the upside of ginger ale, the fact that you can use it in a mixed drink, like, I think it's fair. <laughs> like, so... Okay, so last... So, number of wins, you're... They're playing what thirty two or thirty three games 32 a year. Yeah. Thirty two games. We've heard fifteen. We've heard twenty. We're the ginger ale. <laughs> How many wins are we getting this year in basketball? This year, I'm gonna say like eighteen. Eighteen, wow. and then we're gonna have a good chance. Like we'll we won't be above me seed in the Pac twelve tournament, and that will determine if we like are worthy. Like I think 
I don't know if we're going to make the, the NCAA tournament by winning games during the regular season. I think it's going to come down to the Pac-12 tournament, and I don't think we'll have terrible seeding. Where we, I don't think I think we'll have to play a first round game. We won't get a bye, but I think we'll have to play like Cal or like Oregon State, and I think that's a good win. And I think what from there they'll probably play like UCLA or Oregon, winnable game, winnable game if they like if they they figured it out. And yeah. I think from there, I don't know. That means you you inevitably have to play like USC, somebody yeah. or Arizona, right? But I don't think I don't think I I wouldn't I trust the team in it like. I trust the team enough to make the tournament. Like, I feel like they can. I just don't know if they can win 20 games over the course yeah. of the season. Yeah, no, 20 games is is a lot. Although, our non-conference looks like it should be, like, tune-up games. You've got mm-hmm. uh, CSUN, who I don't actually even know. Cal State Northridge, baby. Oh, Cal State Northridge. <laughs> <laughs> Sacramento State, who that don't sleep on them. They've already beaten us in one oh, major boy. sport. And then Santa Clara and Eastern Washington. So that's, I mean. You expect to go 4 another? though? I, absolutely, wow, I, I would really? be very surprised if we and if the, we lose any of those games over that two week stretch. Dude, I would be all home so games, disappointed. Mind you, all home. Yeah, no, that, that's. I mean, that's a two week stretch where we should be getting ready for the actual season. Th- those we should still be practicing hard, lifting heavy. Those should be glorified scrimmages, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah, I think if we lose any of those four games, Mr. Haas will be looking for a new job. I mean, hey, we lost to uh, <laughs> what Santa Clara not too long ago. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. And then, I mean, even then, after some of the games after, we've got uh, the Battle for Atlantis, which if we do well, we could play some real high-quality teams. I w- it would be fun to play a high-quality team early just to see kind of where we're at. Um, we're playing SDSU. Yeah, that, no, that'll be great. But, like, San Diego, Idaho, it, we're, we will be heading into Pac-12 play, I think, with a lot of wins, but be really un- a lot of uncertainty with regards of – how good we actually are? How good is Stoyakovic? How well do are we? Because I, I just don't think we're playing anyone that good. You think he or Kanan, the, any of the incomers, the freshmen, I should say, are gonna be key pieces? I, I'll, I gotta be honest. I don't know if Stoyakovic is even part of the rotation to start the to start the year. Dude, that's a hot take. I don't bro. even know if it's a hot take. I mean, I, I haven't talked to anyone in the program, so I have no clue, but. That would be. How do we get the worst five stars every year? Yeah. Like yeah, it's I every. Fi- I think he's good, but I don't. How, think what what five star isn't in the starting rotation for a team that went that had a losing he record? See, he'd be in like the starting rotation. I, I'm, this is my hot take: Stojakovic off the bench, maybe an eighth, ninth man, limited minutes. Well, I always did think I my semi hot take too is that Carlisle was actually a better piece for us. Right anyways. now, right, um, he'll, be, he'll be a bigger plug and play for yeah. sure with the departure of Issa Silver, departure of Jarvis Moss. I just think that there's more opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, it is tough because the thing is, our roster is stacked. Like, our roster is the best it's been in years. Mm -hmm. Spencer Jones, great score. Brandon Angel is someone that's really stepped into his own. Mm -hmm. You've got Maxime, who's going to be able to play, like, down low, seven-footer there. Michael Jones came back. Like, maybe he can find a niche role, like, coming off the bench somewhere. Max Merle, give us some height. And then, like, I don't know, I am I like our, like, eight to nine guys that we have that could give us quality minutes, I think, are as talented or as uh, physically capable as any other team in the Pac-12. I think we're good. I really do. I just I just don't trust the coaching. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I really just don't. I, I don't see how we can yet. Like, I, the thing is, is, like, I, I know we're going to win these games, right? 
But I don't know if that's adequately prepared us for a full Pac-12 season. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And that, like, I, like, what, we're playing Arkansas? Like, Arkansas is good. They're good. They're good. Like, they make the Sweet 16 every year because they're gritty. You know, like, they don't. Yeah, they don't, they they don't give up. Like, (laughs) they've got some shooters on their team for real. Yeah, no, honestly. And then I, what, Oh, wait, that was Alabama. Never mind. (laughs) Wrong SEC school. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, with, with, with football, we see a similar thing, right? We have had history not to the same height on the basketball court but in a downturn right now we talked about with Troy Taylor and the program on the gridiron what would make a successful year yeah on the hardwood what will make a successful year we've seen between 14 to 20 wins be projected here um but wins aside in the grander scheme of things this program at a juncture in which we're really trying to figure things out what what makes a good year here i think consistency mm you don't even have to like make it to the tournament. You just have to be consistently close. Because I think like like I that's feel like that's kind of a crazy sentence for uh, like consistently close to making the tournament. It's such low. <laughs> like that's such a low stake for our basketball program. I think so, but like right now, what? It's been eight years. When yeah. was the last time we made the tournament? Yeah, twenty fourteen. Yeah, it's been ten yeah. years. Like this if, year, this is the tenth year, man. Like if Tara was like consistently close. We like, Dude, we would have. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, that is just, I guess, it's realistic, but it's just, I don't know. That's a crazy point for our program to be in. Like, yeah. I mean, sorry, keep going. Keep, yeah, keep going. Sorry, I digress. Keep going. No, I think, like, I think something with like basketball. You again, you either create culture off the field. Like, I don't. I think uh, the reason why I'm so pro like football doing that is because it's going to be a while till footballs mm-hmm. like back to where it was like at eight win seasons right like i think it's possible in this like era i just don't i don't think it's going to be this year it's definitely it's i don't it's definitely not gonna be this year i don't think it's gonna be next year and it might be the year after but like i couldn't guarantee that i think it's gonna be the fourth year mm-hmm. but i think for like basketball we have the players we have everything that we actually need um we just need to get there. And I think, what, who knows, if Maples was a desirable place to actually play and, like, there were fans <laughs> that showed up. If, if that place was packed, if that, place was that would be one of the best stadiums. I'm talking Cameron level stadium. I just, it's not going to happen. No, it's, it's not, not going to happen. But that is one of the best stadiums you could have in college basketball, in my opinion. Here's what I'll say. If they win all of their preseason games, that means they beat Arkansas, San Diego State. Yeah, Arkansas is currently at uh, and number That's going to be a three-game tournament, too. And yeah. so they'll play, if they lose, they play Memphis or Michigan, whichever team. That's who their next <sighs> matchup is. Uh-huh. And then the other teams are Tech. I think you could beat Penny. You could beat Penny's team. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech, Villanova, uh, University of North Iowa, and North Carolina. So... You'll probably play. You're playing at least one team for sure. That's top twenty-five, and then uh, potentially playing a couple more too. Well, you know, talking about consistency, I think that is a great goal because, quite frankly, consistency has completely lacked in the last few years. I mean, in very Stanford fashion, which has happened on the football squad, you know, with Notre Dame, Oregon, now Colorado. Every year, you're going to get one win that is. A super surprise. Last year, you lose at home against Arizona State. Not a great team. Then you go ahead and beat the number four team in the country in Arizona, right? Year before, number five, USC comes to town. You go ahead and beat them. Then go ahead and drop your next few games. Are we going to see something like that this year? What game on the calendar do you have circled for some random upset? Or maybe not. Maybe we're consistently 
losing to the bad teams or losing to the good teams when beating the bad ones. You know what? Here's what I'll tell you. <laughs> I think the game that I have circled is the game against Arizona State. Because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be the first game where, like, that's a team that's, like, pretty much at our level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's consistently... They've been good. Like, I think they're past, and, like, Bobby Hurley's proven that he's good enough to, like, take decent teams and make them top half, like, Pac-12 programs. So I think he's going to take his decent team and make them a top half Pac-12 program. We're going to play another top half Pac-12 program. And if we get blown out that game, that's it's going to be rough. But if we can, if we win, over, like, even if it's, a, like, less than a four-point loss, dude, we're in a great shape. And then... Mm-hmm. I think if that game goes well, I could see them beating Arizona. I could definitely see them beating USC. Like I don't. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, I, I don't think. I don't think. I, I could see a world where we beat USC because I don't think. Wow. Like USC, what has Boogie Ellis? Yeah, he's returning. But like, I don't like. I don't. I, when I watch USC play basketball, I'm never like, wow, they are like outclassing their opponent. You know, I think they. Andy Enfield does exactly what he needs. N- number one freshman in or. You know, another number one recruit coming out of high school, also Isaiah Collier. I mean, they have the talent. They do. They Ronnie do, James. <laughs> like that's all I got to say. <laughs> that's true, but like I don't. I've never seen an Andy Enfield coach mm-hmm. team truly outclass it. Like another. Like even when he right. plays like Stanford last year, like Stanford. It's a coaching thing. I mean, they have yeah. the talent, not going to be totally disciplined. Like Stanford never like fell out of a lot of the SC games that we played last season. So I don't think that like I wouldn't like I don't. And Stanford all has like not Stanford. USC has always had talent as well. It's not like. Like, yeah, of course, Isaiah Collier is, like, the best player in the country. That's why he's rated as such, right? But I don't think that, like, their level of talent has always been, like, like is, is something that, like, Stanford is, like, they wouldn't be ranked 21 by the media if the media really, really believed in Andy Enfield and his ability, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they know what Tommy Lloyd can do, and that's why they're giving him respect, you know? Like... They know what, like, but I don't think that, like, I do think USC is a good team. Like, they're a great team. They have the talent that, like, is required. They're just not, again, it's a coaching thing. Yeah. Like, yep. there's a world where Andy Enfield is the coach at Stanford and we're in the same exact result. Yeah. All right, so with just over two minutes left, we'll go around the horn and give a World Series prediction. It's the Rangers versus the Diamondbacks. Each of those teams winning 2-0 in the wild card, winning 3-0, and then taking Four of seven in huge victories. We'll start with you, Zach. Who do you have winning the World Series? Uh, you know, after helping out all of America by beating the Astros, I'll take the Texas Rangers. Um, arguably the hottest team in baseball. Obviously, we're down to two teams, but throughout the entire postseason, you can make that claim. I'll take them in six. All right. So we have Rangers in six. Holden, over to you. What do we got? I think the magic runs out for the Diamondbacks. Like, I don't see a world where. I don't like they're not better than the Rangers. They're and the Rangers are just as hot as them right now. So I'll say Rangers in in six games as well. Okay, that was going to be my prediction. So you know what? I'll say Rangers in five. They actually they uh, make it less competitive. What have you uh, seen that makes you think the Rangers are gonna are gonna take it? Dude, Adelise Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I've seen. Um, I just think what you have Corey Seager who has a World Series experience, right? You have a red... Like, I think what it's going to come down to is not just, like, experience, but, like, how valuable that experience was in that position of that person in the locker room, right? Because, like, you clearly have your vets and your rookies, but, like, Corey Seager wasn't just some dude who played on the Dodgers and won the World Series. Like, he was a very big part in the reason yeah. why they beat the Rays, right? Um, so I think you have Corey Seager. You, you don't... 
there's no talent disparity in this series. You guys are just as hot as each other. I think it's going to come down to Corey Seager and Max Scherzer. Being like, this is what we do, and this is how we're going to win, and they're going to do it. Like, I don't think that the moment is going to be too big for the Rangers at any point. But I think I fear that with, like, Tommy Pham and, like, the defense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Diamondbacks, you know, crazy story this year. They'll definitely, you know, it's anyone's series, honestly, and, and they'll be back. But time is up. We'll go ahead and throw it over to you, Zach, for our ending, um, and see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Holden Wen joining us here on the Sports Zoo. Remember, stay late, wear red.